0: friends. Welcome back to Mom, Don't Listen to This Podcast. I'm your host, Heidi. I have had a pretty good week. I hope you all have had a pretty good week as well. Um, it's the first week of uh, the term, of spring term, and this term I'm taking 20 credits, so I have five classes, and I feel like I'm not paying attention to really any of them yet. The first week is always just kind of introductions and um, the first week where I can build up my procrastination so I can start having panic attacks and anxiety later. (laughs) Um, So I kind of want to have a little conversation about the structure of the podcast. Last episode I was just trying to get The jitters out and I didn't really care if there was structure or how the flow went and I am still going to be pretty loose on that because I feel like it's A lot more authentic to just go with the flow, but there are some things that I think would be fun to include in Each episode, so I want to include a wellness tip each episode and something that I learned in school something funny that happened this week and and then a show that I am watching or a movie that I'm watching. Um, So a wellness tip that I have for you guys this week is to move your body. I know that sounds pretty simple and that's because it is pretty simple. I feel like the biggest thing that I've learned getting my degree in exercise science is how simple it really is. Not to say that my degree is completely pointless but really move your body um it i know that some people are depressed and it's hard to get moving um so just take small steps and you build on that um i have not always been as active as i'd like to be some days i'm just not as active as i'd like to be but it really does build on that if you start out walking a little bit You'll walk a little bit further i really try to incorporate my social life into walking so i or or i have to walk my dog so i try to do two things at once because i usually have limited time um so my tip is to get some friends together get your mom dad kid brother sister um whoever that you would like to spend some time with and go on a walk uh preferably in nature I feel like that's just the most healing way to do it. If you have dogs, walk them. They need to be walked anyway. That is my mental health and physical health wellness tip. Another one that I have for you is to journal. I can't even tell you how meditative journaling is for me. And I know it sounds weird um, to just write things down. And I think that the thing that people need to know is that there's not one way to do it. You don't have to be a good writer. You don't have to say anything in particular. You can write down a bullet list. You could draw pictures. You could write one day and then skip a week. It, it's really your outlet. And I had somebody ask me recently, well, what happens if somebody reads your journal? Now, if someone read my journal these days, they would be incredibly bored. <laughs> it would be, It would be. I know, maybe I should read an entry at some point just because it's like, today I'm gonna do these things, or tonight I'm gonna do these things, yesterday I did these things, um, I didn't do these things, this is where I'm succeeding, this is where I'm failing, this is what I'm anxious about. Um, sometimes it's ideas that I'm excited about, sometimes I use it for creativity if I get a really cool idea um, and I want to make sure that I write it down. Sometimes I put that in a separate notebook, but sometimes it's in my journal. There aren't rules you could use it as a journal and a planner. Um, The reason I think this is so healthy is because we don't always want to share everything with somebody else, but it just kind of festers in our head. It just circles around. And for me, I need to talk to somebody or talk it out, and it just sticks in my head. Another thing that, another really big benefit to journaling that people don't really realize is if you write down your goals or the things that you're struggling with, um, I'm gonna use an example from my life. Um, I just went back and read journal entries from last year around this time. And I was struggling with, some confidence issues, but also I was drinking alcohol more than I wanted to. Honestly, I wasn't really drinking alcohol all that much, but any amount of alcohol was more than I wanted to. And so one of the journal entries that I found was the morning after I had gotten drunk. Now, at the time, I really wasn't drinking very often and so my tolerance was down so i think i hadn't really had that much but um in the past there have been times where i've drank way too much or way too frequently and last year was when it really just all came together and i there were a couple times where i've taken breaks but last year i was like i was so depressed because of the pandemic and i was in a really shitty spot because my term went from in-person to online, and I was trying to teach my daughter school, um, which at the same time, so she would have school and then I would have school that I had to be on at the same time. And it was, the state of the world was so dark and we, I spent the majority of the three months where we had to be at home by myself, there were three days a week where my daughter would go to her dad's house and I would just be in a house by myself for months. And so I had drank alcohol one night, um, and I had written about it the next day and I just wrote out my entire hangover. I wrote out even, even to the point where I wrote out how I felt when I woke up, um, the things that I was bothered about it, and then how I felt a couple hours later, and then how I felt that night. And I just went through a whole day of how I felt. And then I just wrote my journal the other day and um, about my relationship with alcohol and the compare and contrast of that was huge for me. I decided that I was officially going to take a year off of drinking in July um, of last year. And I did have a drink uh, when, I, when my house almost burned down <laughs> during the wildfires. I had one Old Fashioned and then I had a glass of wine at a friend's wedding. So I've had two drinks since then, but that was when I really made the choice that I was going to take a big break and so I guess it's been officially six months since I have drank alcohol, and the difference in my life is incredible. Um, I want to talk a lot deeper about alcohol in the future, but I wanted to talk about that right now because I have a couple of friends on my social media that I've posted about maybe taking a break or... Maybe not drinking forever, um, or they haven't drank in a really long time. And it, back in the beginning, it felt like I was going to lose part of who I was. Alcohol is so integrated in our culture that I felt that if I stopped drinking, then somehow I wasn't going to be me anymore, and maybe I wasn't going to be fun. And in, and also we always think of alcohol on such a linear scale where it's like, you either are an alcoholic or you aren't an alcoholic. And we don't talk about the people that are in the middle where they might not drink every day. Maybe they drink once a month, but it doesn't align with their values. And alcohol just wasn't aligning with my values anymore. I wanted to be vibrant. Um, (laughs) I wanted to wake up in the morning and be excited about the day. And I knew that there was more than one thing standing in the way of that, but alcohol was such a big contributor to my state of mind, my negative mental health. Um, so just, well, just my energy. And so I had cut down to only drinking like once a month and that was actually really hard to do because I was working as a server and a bartender And I don't know what you all know about the culture of being a server and a bartender, but it kind of feels like you go into the trenches together. Like each shift feels like you are going to some kind of battle, and you go through it. And you, I, some shifts, I just, I feel like I blacked out. Not because I was drinking, but just I blacked out because it was so intense. Um, Because you have so much to do, you don't really have time to think. You just keep going and you work as a team with whoever you're with. So uh, at the end of that, after you've been serving alcohol to everybody else and they've been having their fun all night, um, often servers and bartenders get together and that's when they cheers. Um, Alcohol has traditionally brought people together and I'm not saying everything about alcohol is bad. I can see how there are times where it has played a positive role in society by like making connections and finding reasons to come together sometimes letting down inhibitions has made people more vulnerable and more open but overall i think i find much more negative about alcohol um health effects physically and mentally and i just it just didn't match up for me anymore and so um in July I had I stopped working at the job that I was working at serving and bartending for a couple of months. <laughs> I came back sort of. But um and then I moved. I completely cut off so many of my outlets and I moved to the middle of nowhere and um I I can't I just can't tell you enough how different like my life is and it wasn't magical. Um, I guess I thought that it would be magical. I kind of thought I'll stop drinking and I'll automatically want to wake up at 5 a.m. and I'll be I won't ever snap at my kid. I'll be incredibly patient. I'll get amazing night's sleep. Uh, People talk about the pink cloud. It sounds to me like some kind of drug. that's probably why they call it the pink cloud Uh, I didn't really have that euphoria so quickly on I would say that the first three months I was just incredibly sad I was so sad um I hadn't realized how much I had leaned on alcohol and even if it was just once a week to go out with my friends um or if it was this is stressful. I just want to have a glass of wine that was gone. That was completely cut off and my coping mechanisms apparently were not very strong for the last, whenever I started drinking, I basically started drinking when I was like 15 or 16. So obviously it wasn't always heavy drinking, but there were ebbs and flows of times where it was more heavy than others. And so, um, yeah I had come to lean on it more than I had thought that I had so there was a lot of emotions I was really irritable I wasn't like getting the tremors shaky kind of stuff and I'm not judging anyone who has had that experience it's just not where I was at I wasn't a hide alcohol bottles kind of situation I wasn't um like put my recycling in other people's recycling bin so that nobody knew how much I drank. I wasn't a wake up and sip. And that's, that's why I think it's really important to talk about this because I think there are a lot of people that are in between where they don't feel like they can get help or they don't feel like they can take a break because they don't want to be weird. They don't want to admit or decide that they are an alcoholic. And, um, that, that held me back. I kept just comparing myself to my friends. well, I don't drink as much as so and so or I'm not hiding alcohol bottles. I'm not I'm not hungover every day. I don't drink every day. I don't get the shakes when I stop drinking, but it that was it doesn't matter. I didn't want to drink anymore, and so, yeah, I was just really sad, and I cried a lot. <laughs> Um, I didn't really, I had got really bad insomnia. It's not that I was getting great sleep when I had alcohol, Uh, by the way, alcohol doesn't just leave your system immediately. I can't remember the exact, um, science behind it, but I feel like it's like four or five days. I don't quote me on that. Um, but usually what would happen is I would work Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday for years work Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And um, a lot of times I wouldn't maybe drink on Wednesday, but it would be about four days before I would have a drink because I'd go home and I'd be a mom and there wasn't alcohol involved in that, it was just me and my kiddo. and then um, And then right as alcohol was about to leave my system or was leaving my system or had just left, that's when I would go work and then I would do that team thing where I had to get a drink, even if it was just a drink. And so I don't know how long that went on, honestly. I mean, there were a couple of times where I took a couple of months off or a couple weeks off. But yeah, um, so I got really bad insomnia. I thought I was going to sleep so well um, for about three months. And then there was this defining moment for me. We were doing this art project. Um, me and my daughter and my sister were doing an art project and if i think it was in november maybe it's october probably november and we i messed up <laughs> on my art project and it looked really stupid and i started laughing so hard like uncom uncontrollably hard i hadn't laughed like that i th- since. I, I don't know, at least, at least I hadn't laughed like that so carefree and without any sort of alcohol in my system or weed in my system in at least six to 10 years, I probably somewhere in there. And um, I remember that feeling as a kid where it's just, we used to go do things and they're fun and I used to laugh and that moment was just so pivotal for me because i realized that i could still be happy and still have fun it was like the moment of glimpse it was like if you're on a weight loss program and you suddenly lose your first 5 pounds i was it was eye opening and i knew that i could be happy again and it wasn't even so much about alcohol anymore at that point i think i had forgotten that I could be happy. Um, So uh, that was kind of getting the ball rolling. So that happened um, December, you know, it's crazy Christmas time, all that. um, And then I, what did I do next? I started to get, sleep again. Oh, yeah, I started to get sleep again. And that was crazy for me. Um, so I was sleeping really well. I was sleeping. I was going to bed at 930 at night and waking up at six to seven in the morning ish and sleeping most of the night. Sometimes I have to take sleep supplements still. Um, but I was getting good sleep. I started eating better. I did start losing weight. I wouldn't say it's all just from the lack of calories, but another thing is I just looked better. Like my eyes looked clearer. Maybe I just think I looked better, but I felt lighter. I started to feel so much lighter. And this isn't all because of alcohol. This is because I took away the first barrier And the first barrier was alcohol for me. And then the ball started rolling and I started being able to pick up more and more positive habits. Um, I started journaling more and more. And um, I'm in exercise science. So there's this expectation that I'm supposed to be super fit and have my life together. And I mean, have you ever seen a doctor smoke? Because I have. And just because you are in a situation where you are supposed to have your shit together does not mean that you have your shit together. I think that I was aware that I didn't have my shit together and that's a step above a lot of people who don't even know they don't or or don't acknowledge that they need to make a change. And so, um, fast forward to now, reading my journal entry and the difference that has come from not drinking I am happy, <laughs> like I just read this post um I'm a part of this group called One year No Beer, and that was my goal I'm take one year off of drinking, one year no beer and if if you're in a situation where you kind of feel like you want to take a break from drinking but you don't want to put yourself in any sort of box, you don't think you need to go to rehab um, one year no beer is kind of a cool group, it can be a little annoying, but basically, it's a bunch of people in a different, they're in different ranges of how much they drink alcohol, and some people only want to quit for 30 days, some people want to quit for 90 days, some people want to quit for a year, some people want to quit forever, it's whatever, but um, somebody was talking about one year, no beer, and they were saying the difference between then and now is back then they I think she's been she hasn't drank in 300 days Um, and she was talking about how she used to send her kids to bed early and she was cranky and she would drink wine by herself and then she would wake up the next morning um, cranky and they would have kind of just they'd all just have kind of a shit day and I know that's not where everyone's at but I can relate in a way because I used to work on Saturday nights bartending or serving. And I already was getting off of work so late. And even if I only had two drinks, let's say, I'd still wake up the next morning and I would just feel shitty. Like my body hurt from working all the days, but my body also hurt from the alcohol and just, I think just the self hate too. I just didn't feel good about who I was. Um, And I'd pick up my daughter and I would be tired, and I would go take a nap. Sometimes I didn't take a nap, but I'd just be like, okay, we're going to do a movie day. Fast forward to now, uh, to last week end, let's say. Um, On Saturday, I woke up at 5 in the morning. I went to a weightlifting class at my gym, followed by a cycling class at my gym, followed by working for two hours at the gym that I work at. I just picked up a two-hour shift, and then I picked her up, and I was being obnoxious. <laughs> I, I'm, I, I'm really annoying sometimes to her because I just get really hyper and I blast the music. And I, she laughs, but sometimes she just wants to. She thinks she's a teenager already or something. So she's just kind of like, stop needing my attention, mom. Oh my gosh, that's where she gets it. That's why she always needs my attention. This is all my fault. coming full circle but i'm making jokes in the car and just she actually is enjoying it and that's just such a difference and again i want to reiterate it's not just not having alcohol in my life it is the positivity of being able to smash my goals and build on that momentum and get stronger there's nothing cooler than going and doing push-ups and then a month later doing push-ups and doubling your push-up amount um, or squat amount or whatever. its uh, I wasn't really going to plan on diving into alcohol this much, but it seems to really tie into a lot of things. And so I'm going to shift gears. I posted on my Facebook and on my Instagram asking people to ask me questions about things that they would like to hear about in my podcast because or just questions that they have for me in general and so i'm going to kind of rapid fire answer those and then in future episodes i will go into greater depth so some questions that i got was um that they want to pick my brain about podcasting and podcast equipment well if you listen to my last episode i do not have a brain to pick about podcasting and podcast equipment Um, the advice that I got was to use anchor, which is what I'm using. Although I will say I, this is not rapid fire. Is it whatever I started on anchor and I posted my first podcast last week. And by the way, I don't really know how to edit. So you're just kind of getting whatever it is until I know how to edit better. I'm not really just, I'm putting it out there. If it's crap, there you go. But, um, Anyways, I posted on Anchor and then I tried to log into Anchor last night because I knew I was going to record another podcast today and I couldn't log in or my my podcast was gone. It was just gone. And I started to freak out. I emailed Anchor this morning or messaged Anchor this morning and they were like, well, that's because you logged in with your Google account, but then you were logging in with your Gmail account. So if you're planning on doing a podcast, just know that Google and Gmail are two different things, I guess, and that I didn't really lose my podcast. I was just logged in in the wrong spot. So that was panic because mostly I just didn't want to lose the name of my podcast because I really like it. Um, and then advice I got was to get a headset with a mic, a good quality headset with a mic if you're podcasting by yourself now obviously I want to have guests at some point and some people are gonna have two people in the beginning so I won't always be using a headset with a mic but uh, again like I said I asked my ex-husband what do I do and his advice was get a headset with a mic so you can walk around because it is pretty weird to just be sitting having a long conversation with yourself um And then my thoughts on alcohol and wellness and so i dived into that a little bit early dove into that a little bit early you got a lot of that information um i told you guys like i just want to be authentic and i know that being vulnerable is freaking hard um and some people might not be nice about hearing about this or they might judge me but The amount of people that I can help by being honest and raw compared to the amount of people that are going to be dicks is hopefully greater. Like I hope that I can help people or at least give people some insight on some things that they can do or just maybe they don't feel so alone. Um, Whether or not they're experiencing this with alcohol, maybe it's something else that they feel like is standing in their way. Maybe they keep eating way too much sugar and it's stopping them from reaching their goals. Maybe they're not feeling motivated to go and work out. Whatever it is, um, just know that you do have the strength to do it and lean on the people around you. Um, I I wasn't 100% open with everybody as to what I was doing because I didn't really want people to judge my journey or decide that whoever they thought I was based on the cultural idea of what Stopping drinking alcohol is, but um, I did reach out to more friends. Um, I my relationships that's another thing. My relationships with my friends have grown tremendously because I I think I'm just a better friend. I mean, maybe I'm not. Maybe I just think that I am, but I think that I truly care more. Somebody who is drinking too much, or drinking more than they want to, or not feeling confident about themselves, um, feeling insecure, whatever it is, they're a little bit self-obsessed. All I could think about was the things that I wasn't doing. I couldn't be a very good friend when I was freaking about what I wasn't doing right. So yeah, I think I'm a better friend. Um, (laughs) Fuck rapid fire. This isn't going rapid fire at all. I'm just gonna answer the questions as I go. And if tangents happen, than they do. Wellness. Um, yeah, obviously I do want to talk about wellness, which is included in alcohol. I, I already said that. Um, being a single mom, um, going to school, and then just personal stories or traumas. I don't know how in depth I want to go into the actual traumas that I've been through. We'll see how that plays out. Um, At a certain point, it's, is it gonna help somebody? That's where I'm at. I have had a lot of trauma. I don't really need to share all of my trauma. And that is all dependent on who you are. I feel like I have had a fair enough share of trauma. There are people who have gone through way greater traumas than I have. I am not here to say that mine is terrible and whatever, but I have went through some shit. so i'll I'll definitely talk about divorce. um, I've been sexually assaulted. I might talk about that a little bit if it brings peace to anybody that process um but yeah i'm we'll see about trauma, maybe just things that I have done to cope clearly, uh drink some alcohol for a while <laughs> um, and then being a single mom, I will talk about that a lot because that is just part of my life. I spend a lot of time. Thinking about my kid, being a single mom, it's just, it's integrated in everything that I do. Um, And then major advantages and disadvantages of raising kids in small towns. Now, I, that's a little bit complex for me. Um, I grew up where I have moved to So um, I moved right next to my parents where I grew up, and it's in a small town. And I think that there are a lot of people that live in rural areas that might have different political beliefs than me. And so that's tough for me because I don't really want to send my daughter to a school where the majority of people have incredibly different beliefs than me. But I do think that, and I had a friend tell me that they also went to school in a rural town and they they ended up forming greater friendships with the people that were more like-minded. And so that could be an advantage you can, I mean, I'm still friends with the majority of the people that I was friends with when I was zero to 20. Um, kids kids that I went to school with. I'm still friends with a lot of them. Um, I'm actually hanging out with three of them tonight to celebrate one of them getting a new job. So that is an advantage. Um, I love that my daughter gets to go run around outside. Um, she gets to be creative and play. That was something that I was worried was going to be missing from her life because I spent so much time climbing trees and running around and being active, and I was worried she was gonna spend her whole childhood looking down at a screen. So that is an advantage. A disadvantage of being a single mom in a small town is where the fuck am I gonna meet somebody? (laughs) I mean, I just had this vision, um, not for real, not a serious vision, but of all of the shows that you watch and movies that you watch when a single woman moves to a small town there is like always a single like stud bachelor that's like rugged and he can build shit and he's hot he's a little bit difficult but um there isn't one of those guys there is not anybody that is single around me at all it's fine um i don't have time today anyway so work life school balance uh i will talk about that i think that the thing about being a mom is that you feel like you are failing 100 percent of the time um my biggest challenge has been that i feel like if i'm successful in school my house is a disaster if i am being a super successful mom i am cramming all of my schoolwork in one day if i am working then Um, then I'm not, I don't have time, then I feel bad because I left my kid. Um, it's, I think, I don't know if dads feel dad guilt, but I think it's incredibly normal for moms to feel guilty about anything they're doing. Um, and there are times where I feel like I'm missing Avon's life by going to school. So it's, that's hard. Um, yeah, I'll talk about that more. Um, some tips that I have, even though I just said I'm not an expert. But I guess I've been doing it. I have pretty good grades. I've con- kept a job pretty consistently um, for the whole time I've been in school. Right now I'm working way less. I am also taking more credits. But um, how do I balance my life? Well, I just told you. Um, what are my goals in five years? Fuck you, Kember. <laughs> my friend Kember asked me that, and she is. Adorable and she's just killing it right now. She's just killing it at life. She is amazing and I am in awe of all that she can accomplish. Um, My goals in five years are to pay off the majority of my student debt, hopefully all of it. um, Continue to find growth. uh, Continue on the path that I'm going down where every day I learn something new. um, Still be happy and not feel guilty about being happy. I feel a lot of guilt when I'm happy. Um, But just feeling happy, having energy, being a great mom, hopefully buying a house, a property by then, Um, either uh, doing my own business or graduated from grad school, depending on which route I go with that. Obviously, just having so many followers on my podcast. Um, and then what goals have I already crushed? I talked about that a lot in the beginning of this episode, so don't really need to super dive into that right now, but I will in the future talk about goals that I have crushed. I will say that, um, just going back to school was such, I've, I've been wanting to go to a university since I was a little girl um that's just always something that i thought i was going to do i did not think that i was going to do it in this way i think that that is something that we need to stop worrying about if we're doing things in the order that our society says that we need to do it most people going back to school and being uh i was 27 when i went back to school um, and then, when I transferred into my exercise science program, I was in like class with eighteen year old athletes. You know how awkward that is being thirty one and being in school with eighteen year old athletes <laughs> um like, I could be their teacher I'm old enough I was old enough to be their teacher. Uh, but it's so worth it um I'll talk way more about going back to school later because it's actually I have some funny stories and just more insight on that. And then functional co-parenting. Um, guys, co-parenting right after you separate is the worst thing ever. Because um, like you break up with somebody and then you don't want to see them again. You're done. But then if you have a kid, not only you get to see them again. You get to see them fall in love with someone else in front of you all of the time. (laughs) Okay, it wasn't like a lot of falling in love, but like the beginning was seeing my ex-husband fall in love with somebody else and tell me he didn't love me anymore. And then I had to be like kind to him. Um, It was not pretty. It did not go as smoothly as I had hoped that it I, whatever. It didn't go well for a while, and I'm not gonna put all the fault on him. I would say that we both made mistakes. I would say he was definitely um, more of a dick than I was. <laughs> I I just feel like I was a lot nicer. Um, I handled it better in my opinion, of course there are two sides to every story, but I would say that all of my friends and probably even my ex-husband would agree that he was being a much bigger dick than I was. But um, I would say that the biggest thing about that is time. It's, you have to just, you have to put your kid first. You have to try your hardest not to fight in front of them. There were a few times that we did fight in front of her, um, but I tried really, really, really hard. And for the most part, I feel like she stayed pretty far away from our fighting, um, get an attorney. (laughs) I know that it would be nice if everybody could just sort this all out on their own, but emotions are high when you get divorced and, or if you separate, I guess not everybody gets divorced, but when you separate and you decide to not be together, your emotions are high and you're not thinking rationally. So having a, Legal agreement, and just until you can get that sort sorted, um, it's, it helps a lot. I think it calms both parties down. Uh, you can go to mediation, which is nice. Some people handle it better from the beginning; emotions are not as high in the beginning. I would just say time. I needed to heal. I needed to put my daughter first. I was not perfect at it, but if every decision that you make is where you put your kids first and you do not use your kids as a weapon, you will do okay. You will not be perfect, but you will do okay. And I think that now, and that is why we are able to be friends now, is just letting ourselves heal, letting go a lot of the past, trying to not Hang on to, I mean, you know, when you're in a relationship for a really long time, then the things that that person does are really irritating. Now imagine seeing those things, except you're not in love with them anymore and you have no legal binding to them and you don't want to keep sharing your life with them. Like they're so irritating. <laughs> um, and also like maybe they broke your heart and you feel like they, you almost died cause you were so heartbroken. So um, yeah, just let time go and get an attorney and have friends present when you do pickups and drop-offs. Don't fight in front of your children. I will talk about that further in the future. Um, but my dog just opened the door with his paw and he just left and he does that it's roscoe the 13 year old he's bad he just he just left i don't know where he thinks he's going to go he is not quick but he has left so i'm going to end this podcast now thank you for listening sorry it was so heavy hopefully it was insightful next time it's going to be a lot lighter um yeah thank you for listening